Welcome to episode number 21 of Nurturing Words, Voices of Experience, a podcast by the Motherless Daughters Ministry. This is your host, Dottie Mankhouse, and I'm here today with Kristen Michener. New Year's is a time of reflection on our past and on our future. I know I have been doing some reflecting lately. Kristen, what about you? Yes, this is the time of year when I begin reflecting on a lot of different aspects of my life, how they've shaped the view of the life that I want for myself. And the two most impactful relationships in my life have been the relationship with my mother and the relationship I had with my great-grandparents, who I called Mama and Papa. I just really enjoy journaling. It's one way that I heal And I was journaling recently and came across something I wrote for the Motherless Daughters blog. And it really gets to the heart of the relationship I had with my mamaw and papaw. That's very interesting. What was the name of the blog post? Do you mind sharing it with us? I'd love to share it. The name of the blog post is Remembering My Safe Haven. And of course, in my writing, the safe haven is my great grandparents. So I'll share it with you now. Knowing I would see Mama and Papa saved me from drowning in my chaotic home life. With them, I could be a carefree child without fear of criticism or rejection. When the fighting between my mother and stepdad became too much, or the kids at school bullied me worse than usual, I reminded myself that I would see Mama and Papa in just four more days. Two more days. Tomorrow. It was my countdown to relief. During the school year, my mother would pick me up after school on Fridays and we'd head straight to Mamaw and Papa's house. They had a long gravel driveway leading to their welcoming back door. The rocks crunching under the tires signaled freedom was in my possession. Mamaw and Papa always watched for my mother's car to arrive. I saw their faces the second we rounded the corner, either sitting in lawn chairs on their back porch or holding their screen door open for me. I could not get out of the car fast enough. With a snippy bye from my mother, I would grab my weekend suitcase and run toward their smiling faces. They always greeted me with hugs and a genuine happiness to see me. During summer, I would spend weeks at their house. My visits always came to an end too quickly, no matter how long I had stayed. I'd hear the rocks crunching again, but this time it meant I had to return to my miserable mother. Holding onto my suitcase and holding back tears, I would hug Mama and Papa goodbye, knowing I would have to endure yelling and cussing and insults before I would get to see them again. I'd get in the car and my mother wouldn't even ask if I had fun or what I did. She took no interest in my time with my great-grandparents. Emotionally absent mothers are often jealous of their daughter's relationships with others because it takes away from the attention she desperately craves. How could I possibly meet her needs if I was having fun with my great-grandparents? Sometimes she punished me by not letting me visit them. Once she told me, and don't even think you're going to my mom and papa's where they think you're all good, And I just wondered to myself, why couldn't I be good? I was just a kid. My great-grandfather was an army soldier during World War II. He developed melanoma on his forearms from prolonged sun exposure. He went through multiple rounds of chemotherapy, but I never heard him complain about medical bills or chemo side effects. He was never too tired or too sick to spend time with me. Some of our favorite games were dominoes, go fish, and uno. 
and Papa adored Mamaw. Their marriage was the only loving relationship I saw growing up. I remember thinking, I'm going to marry someone who loves me as much as Papa loves Mamaw. That was a powerful antidote to the messages I received at home, where relationships were disposable and lovability was determined by external factors. Mamaw always cooked dinner. My favorite was chicken fried steak, and my least favorite was beef stew. Papa always cooked breakfast. His breakfasts were the best scratch-made biscuits and cream gravy, crispy bacon, and hotcakes. Instead of syrup on my hotcakes, he would put a chunk of butter and a layer of sugar so thick that I could feel its grittiness as I chewed. It was downright delicious. They always shared a fresh pot of coffee. Once I was old enough to understand the importance of coffee with breakfast, I wanted to drink coffee too. They would put just a few drops of coffee in my milk so I could, quote, have a cup of coffee with them at breakfast. As I got older, the coffee-to-milk ratio increased dramatically, but I've always preferred plain milk in my coffee over anything else. Breakfast always included a reading from Our Daily Bread. Mamaw usually did the reading, but once my reading skills had progressed, they let me read the scripture and the lesson. I thought that that was just the coolest thing. Reading to my great-grandparents, their eyes and ears fixated on my every word. Today, I treasure a coffee mug that belonged to my mamaw. Printed on the mug is the scripture, He leads me beside quiet waters. I feel a calm wash over me when I hold this mug, and I feel nearer to God, to my grandparents, and to my authentic self. My great-grandparents were loving Christians and set such a positive example always encouraging me to seek out the Lord. We regularly walked to church together after Sunday breakfast. I took delight in watching Papa talk to everybody when entering the church. I loved signing the guest book. It was proof I was someone who mattered. Their church was mostly older people, which meant we'd sing old hymns to the pipe organ. Sometimes I paid attention. Sometimes I didn't have a clue what the pastor was talking about. The point was, we went together as a family. Despite my troubling home life, I always had my great-grandparents to hug me and tell me they loved me. Their home was a collection of mementos and activities I will never forget. The cookie jar super glued back together after I accidentally broke it. Mammal's house slippers with the heels I'd clink clink around in. And their big backyard with pecan trees and a tire swing. And their vegetable garden. They had a bird feeder and bird fountain I would help fill each morning. Mamaw had a hothouse where I would tend to the plants, and Papaw had a workshop in the back of their garage where I would hammer together random pieces of scrap wood and call it art. When it rained, they let me put every pot and pan and bucket in the driveway so I could collect rainwater for no reason at all. My fondest memories are time spent at their modest lake house, catching fireflies, collecting pine cones, and watching in awe as Papaw grilled the minnows I caught at the lake. These memories are planted deeper than depression will ever be able to invade. They are both gone now, my great-grandmother since 2007 and my great-grandfather since 2001. I now respect the amount of patience, dedication, and love they gave me. My heart aches when I think of them, but I know they are living it up in heaven with the father they always talk to me about. I wish I could tell them thank you and hug them forever for their saving grace. I can thank them and honor them in the present by living a better story, not succumbing to depression or anxiety, and spending time reading and writing, two things they always praised me for doing.
When I start feeling weighed down by the chaos and confusion of a broken childhood, I have one safe place I can always turn to. It's a place where my sadness and worry is washed away by the Lord, and I'm back at the breakfast table drinking coffee milk with my mamma and papa. And that was the relationship I had with my great-grandparents. That was beautiful, Kristen. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. In reflecting on the relationship with my grandparents versus the relationship I had with my mother, those are two very different relationships. And I mention it in my blog post, their relationship was an antidote to the relationships I saw my mother have, which were chaotic. So in this reflection, I'm choosing for myself What life do I want? Do I want that safe haven I had with my great-grandparents that was filled with love and acceptance? Or do I want the life that I saw my mother lead, which there was no love or acceptance at all? I'm really choosing to live my life now based on those messages of the past. One thing really special that my grandparents always emphasized was how important going to church was. And of course, when you're a kid, you don't always listen. And everyone's telling you, eat your vegetables, go to church is just another thing on the long list that adults say you need to do. And so they would tell me, you know, how important God was, and I wouldn't always listen. But when I recommitted my life to Christ in college, I realized this is what they were telling me about, how special God is. This is what they were trying to get across to me. In addition to recommitting my life to Christ, I've also recently been going to a ladies' prayer group. And these women help provide a safe haven for me. These women give me the love and acceptance that I received from my great-grandparents. It sounds like that you're healing from all the negative things that have happened in your life. And now you're trying to focus on the positive things that are in your life, your ladies prayer group, your relationship with God, creating that safe haven for yourself. And that's moving you forward into a more positive realm. I know in some of our conversations, you've mentioned that you have a mentor who's sort of filling the role of your grandparents in some ways. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, I would love to. Her name is Pat. The church matched me up with a lady who is further along in her journey with Christ. And she's just been a saving grace to me. She's my new safe haven. She talks to me about God. I can cry to her. I can ask her questions about the Lord. I can tell her my doubts. I can tell her the rough days that I've had. And I can also rejoice in the good days that I'm having. I am struggling with a mother loss as far as my mother being emotionally absent. And while she's not physically gone, emotionally, she's gone. And so that's also a role that Pat is just naturally sliding into is that mother role. And so I have an older woman that I can look up to and say, this is the life I want. This is the person I want to be. This is what I want to base my life on. That's really beautiful. And I'm glad that you have someone to be the mother figure that you never had, as well as fill in that empty space that was left when your grandparents had passed. Where can listeners find this blog post? Just head to the Motherless Daughters Ministry website at motherlessdaughtersministry.com. And on the homepage, you're going to see the word blog on the menu bar. And just click that and it takes you to all of our wonderful blog posts written by motherless daughters just like yourself. And I personally find so much healing in writing 
And I find so much healing in reading other people's stories. We're always looking for writers. There's no need to have any professional writing experience, just your own unique experience. Thank you for sharing that with us, Kristen. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Nurturing Words, Voices of Experience. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and follow so you can never miss an episode. From all of us at Motherless Daughters Ministry, we wish you a happy and nurturing new year.